Hello again and a very warm welcome to the first women's rugby pod of 2020. I'm Johnny Hammond and back with me is Harlequins and England legend Rachel Burford. Happy New Year to you, Berth. Happy New Year to you too, Johnny. What an exciting year we've got ahead. I can't wait to get back on the pitch, though, this weekend in the Tyrrells Premier 15s. Yeah, the Tyrrells Premier 15s returns after its festive break and there's some great games to preview as well. Yeah, that's right. We've got the Mighty Quins that are off to play fourth place Gloucester Hartbury and I get to see our good, very good friend of the WRP, Mo Hunt. On this week's show, we'll look ahead to that game and the rest of the matches this Saturday, including the big one between unbeaten Saracens and third place Loughborough Lightning. And our special guest this week is the legend of the women's rugby game, Dr. Jill Burns, MBE, also known as Miss Waterloo. She's won a World Cup in 1994 and is a World Rugby Hall of Famer. Yeah, Jill is a passionate Lancastrian and is hugely involved in the club. She helped establish and captain and chair Fearwood Waterloo. While the likes of Saris and Lightning are bidding for the title, Jill can give us her perspective on the life at the other end of the table and the pressures that are very, very different. Yeah, really looking forward to that chat with Jill. Such a lovely lady. Uh, she always has lots to say, but first, how are you, Berth? Here we are, the Holiday Inn in Guildford, just uh, across the road from uh, Harlequin's training session. It's uh, training centre, I should say. How are you? Good New Year? Yes, Massive, thanks. I bet. You what? Massive party, no doubt. Oh, yeah, of course. We had a couple of crumpets and was in bed by 11. Wow. <laughs> Scrabbling cocoa. We were, we were um, yeah, it was quiet, but it was nice. I've been ill over Christmas and New Year, so it was nice to just have a bit of a chill time. Especially, obviously, we had the big game, so it was that was took up quite a bit of time um, and a lot of energy. So it was just nice to just sit and do nothing, watch a bit of rubbish TV, and then start the new year well and rested and refreshed and ready to go. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you're, you're certainly looking better than you did <laughs> over, over Christmas. No, well, you were poorly, weren't you? you I, were was, poorly. I was, I um, was. Poorly little puppy. How <laughs> um, about you? New Year's resolutions. Um, do you know what? I, ha- I don't really do New Year's resolutions, just try and set some goals. New Year's but, goals, then? Yeah. Off um, the field. Let's start with off the off field. field. I want to read more. Right. Yep. And I want to learn, I want to study something this year. Um, Jim Hamilton said he wanted to read more on his podcast this week. Are you just following Big Jim? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, I've, I keep saying I want to learn French. So I need to get off my backside. And, did Jim say that as well? No. Okay. <laughs> I really want to learn French as well. Well, then maybe we should, should start. Je m'appelle Rachel. That's sensational. Brilliant. <laughs> um, and then by the end of 2020, we could do a podcast in French. Oui. You're natural, aren't you? Bien sûr, I think it's the word you're looking for. (laughs) Okay, so so obviously French is going to go really well for both of us in 2020. On the field then, goals? Um, Do you know what? This, and I've said it every year, really want to win the Tyrrells Premier 15 this season. Um, You know, we've come up short the last two years, um, but... This is the first year we've had real strength and depth across the whole team, so the confidence and the ability is there. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the rugby goal. Good. Anything on the international stage? It would be remiss if I didn't ask. Um, not at the moment. I'm, I'm still focused on getting back fully fit and just doing the best that I can in a club shirt, and then what will be will be after that. Nice. Good high elbow straight back at the bowler. <laughs> Lovely. Um, Take that. 
<clears throat> what about you? New Year's resolutions other than to learn French? I learn French, read more. Those are my two. You can't just copy me. <laughs> <laughs> no. What was I talking? Do you know what? Um, <clears throat> I'm uh, exceptionally happy to see 2019 uh, go. Not a great year on a personal level. Um, so, yeah, really pleased. Just want to get stuck into 2020. Um, try some new things work-wise and that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, those are my goals. I mean, you know, my goals are the same every year. I just want my kids to be happy and healthy. Um, that's the bottom line. That's what it's really all about. So that's, um, those are my goals. Um, yeah, a bit more work would, would be nice. Um, and actually pushing the women's game on in various areas. I've got a few fingers in a few pies, but actually want to see some stuff come to fruition. So, uh, yes, those are the... Yeah. yeah, it is. Do you like your Christmas present? I love my Christmas present because now I've got both hands to do what I want. So just describe for the viewers what your secret Christmas present, my secret Santa Christmas present is. So from my secret Santa, not so secret Johnny. I'm busy this time of year. <laughs> Rotund fellas with red, red cheeks. It's a good time of year for has me. We've got us some brilliant might stands. So now we can just kick back in the armchair and just chat away. Hey. And I haven't got a hold anything. And, and the reason he's done this is because I'm a bit of a fidgeter. And basically, there's been a few mic issues where I've either turned the mic off for a whole pot because <laughs> I've been fiddling around a bit or I've made the connection at the bottom not um, so great. So, yeah, I think he was being generous to, to buy me this as a Christmas present, but I think it's more for him than me. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Hands up. You got me. The man out, the less man hours of editing, it will take me. It's a very selfish Christmas present. But anyway, it's all about the thought, and um, it's, great. it's better than a bog roll holder. It's <laughs> <laughs> come a long way already in 2020. It? Indeed, so. I'm Mohan, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Okay, on to this week's special guest. This lady is one of the Luminaries of our game. Among many other accolades, she is a former England captain who played at the very first World Cup. Since retiring, she has since gone on to become president of the RFU for Women, to be invested into the World Rugby Hall of Fame, to be awarded an MBE by the Queen for services to her sport, and last year was awarded an honorary doctorate by Edge Hill University. Quite a CV. It is a huge, very warm welcome to Dr. Jill Burns. Good evening, Johnny. Thank you. I don't very often get called doctor, but thank you very much. <laughs> do you like it? So in the honour of me. <laughs> Dr. Jill Burns. Well, Happy New Year to you, Jill. Did you? Happy New Year to you too. Did you have a Did you have a nice Christmas? Apart from sniffling and snuffling and coughing all the way through, yes, thank you very much. But uh, a nice M4 stress, which is always good to have. What, I mean, is How that a, is that is that a club is that a is that a special World Cup winners club thing? Is because because Birth was ill over Christmas as well. So <laughs> if you win a World Cup for England, you, you're ill over Christmas. Is that the way it goes? I think it's busy people when you put your feet up, your body gives up. I think that's what it is. Yeah, so if, yeah you all fitting well, were you, Johnny? That's right. Just. Um, just, I don't know what it is. It's just when, 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 when there's time for a rest, your body gives up. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Well, that clearly explain why I'm always fitting well. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jill, really, really nice to, to have you on the pod. Um, obviously, I've got very, very fond memories. 2010 World Cup in a, in a little commentary box. Sorry, Sports Park commentator on the, on the World Cup with you. Um, Absolutely. We've got so many good things to, to, to talk about and cover off with you. First one I wanted to... Just from a commentary point of view, broadcast point of view, is it Fearwood or Firewood Waterloo? Firwood. F-I-R. Fir. Firwood. 
So not Fair even wood. any of the options I gave you. Brilliant. <laughs> no, none of the above. Fairwood, it's, it's a, a local timber firm who have supported uh, our club and not only that, the local cricket club as well. So Fairwood have two local community clubs, Fairwood Waterloo Rugby and Fairwood Cricket Club in Bootle. Right, understood. I won't be getting that wrong at all. I mean, you're the best possible lady to or person to, yeah. to ask about it. How, how long have you been involved in the club at Waterloo, Jill? Um, well, I've been playing rugby there for 32 and a half years. Um, although, when I first went there, we were guests of the club. I played for a, a local student side, Liverpool Polytechnic. I wasn't a student at the time. I was a, a, a newly qualified PE teacher, but that was the only place to play women's rugby in the area. And we trained and played at Waterloo Rugby Club, so... Two and a half years after starting, we set up the um, the Waterloo women's team, 1989. So, yeah, Waterloo ladies are enjoying their 30-year anniversary this year, and uh, we've had a number of celebrations already, and we've got a few more to come, hopefully. Oh, how fantastic! You, you, you and who a selected championing few? You and a few, you and a few other knowledgeable heads started up the club. You and who? Yes. Well. Um, player himself. Um, he was our Liverpool Polytechnic coach and then there was a group of five or six girls who were just finishing at Liverpool Polytechnic, uh, notably Jane Langham who went on to be an England, she was an England player, Valmai um, uh, Roberts who went on to play for Wales, uh, Linda Buckton, uh, Taffy Thomas and a girl called Julia Davis who now lives in um, America but it was a small group who were finishing at university who said let's see if we can get this Waterloo women's team up and running and um, thankfully here we are 30 years on still hanging on in there yeah absolutely you say you you have been playing does that mean you you've still got a pair of boots that you lace up once in a while i still have a pair of boots i have to be honest with you i haven't played even a veterans game for about two and a half years but um i will find it very hard to say never never playing again but um, my body gives up now when I do try. I need to lie down for a few weeks after. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a hard game to give up. I would still play every week if my body would let me. And just wondering, Jill, like you do so yeah. much off the pitch for the club and for women's rugby generally. Has, has coaching ever come across your path or has it ever been an interest to you? Because you must have so much knowledge to pass on to, to players. I have been a, a PE teacher for... 32 years so I always coaching felt a little bit like work to me um, and although I did guest sessions with England students historically and I've done other sessions with clubs when I've gone in and you know just been um, invited to come and do some sessions I've never been a regular a regular coach to a team um, I, I feel a little bit out of touch with the game now um, I, but I, I'm certainly go down and impart some knowledge to, uh, to training sessions when I, when I knit at the club and stuff like that but it sort of seemed a little bit too much like work for me being a teacher but I did coach at school um, we didn't have elite rugby teams but I was very pleased to, to do some work with the boys uh, historically and then we've had girls teams in, in recent years two of whom have gone on to, to great things and I'm not claiming any of that uh, praise for getting them there but we I did I wasn't lucky enough to have um, <laughs> both Holly Aitchison who's in the England Seven set up yeah. and Sarah Beckett of course from um, Harlequins and, and England uh, and it was a, a great privilege to me to have them at, at my school and, and, and to work with them but sometimes difficult to find a team to play around such talented players but uh, we managed to get teams out every year just about Yeah, I, I wanted to 
to ask, do you, do you think that that teaching um, strand in your life has helped you? Because effectively, whatever you do, you you rise to the top and people say, well, Cream, cream does that naturally anyway. But you're a leader wherever you go. It, it's, is that very natural or is it something you've worked at, whether it be England captain or chair of a, a council or etc cetera, etc cetera. You, you are a leader wherever you go I've, I've been, been very privileged to to play to lead to, to have opportunities um, and I've, I've always wanted to lead by example and do my very best and I think being committed to something totally is is the key I've never I didn't aspire to be I never dreamed of being an England captain when I was a little girl I dreamed of playing for England in some capacity at that time it was going to be just like Mary Peters and doing the, the pentathlon or it was going to be playing hockey at Wembley but um, I never dreamed of, of, of being a captain I never particularly what you know I wasn't destined to be I didn't want to be um, but it was a great honour when you find yourself just um, bleeding without being told to and you find those skills and, and the confidence to do it and, and when other people follow I think that's that's recognised so I think leading by example um, and showing the dedication and commitment and, and desire to do well uh, is a good a good quality to have and one that I didn't particularly seek seek you know desperately but it, but it came to me and I was privileged and lucky enough to be a good enough player to, to get that respect and, and that recognition How big a role was, was, was England captain that back in the day, Jill, because you're in and around rugby nowadays, you, you, you see all the support that these players have, you have next to nothing support, um, I think that's probably fair to say, so how big a role was it, uh, and give us a, a, few, a few memories if you if you would. Yeah, it, it, it was a full-time job, it was, uh, you know, I was still working to play, doing it, being as a full-time teacher, but every other minute of the day, I like that England rugby ambassador that had to spread the word and, and that's what we used to do it was you know even if it was a case of going to local schools and offering to, to do presentation evenings to spread the word and um, just showing the love of the game and, and sharing some of the experience I'd, experiences I'd had um, and just giving girls confidence to know that they can do things that perhaps hadn't been available for them to do in, in years before and you know I still go into schools and colleges and universities and talk about making the most of opportunities because there are so many opportunities there now that weren't easy to find 30 years ago and just you know I try and encourage people to snap those to snap the hands off those people who are offering those opportunities and, and, and to reach for the stars really. And you, you talk about 30 years ago that you were doing that, and, and we look on now about where the women's game is. What do you think of the growth of the women's game now, not just at a club level, level but also on the international stage as well? I think it's absolutely phenomenal, um, but it's inevitable. It was a, you know, it was a good product back there then, and, and it was just a case of spreading the word and getting more people involved. And the, obviously, the fact that we've got world-class players now who have grown up as rugby players—it's it's inevitable that the standard of the game and the spectacle is is to you know to, to improve as much as it has. And it's it's a phenomenal uh, product now and something that is really desirable for people to not only watch but to play and to be involved with and, and, and to be linked with. So. It's, it's wonderful, uh, the great work that so many people have done around the world, and it's just been a privilege to play a very small part in, in that growth. Who's your favourite player to play with, Jill? Favourite player to play with? Come on, uh, on, on the spot, because you, I mean, you, you no doubt organise all the reunions and all the rest of it. It's going to really put you on the spot now. 
yeah, that, that does put me on the spot. Top three, then. Know. Top three. Come on, I'll let you get off the fence. Oh, So, yeah. Jill, you've moved from the boots majority of the time into a blazer, surrounded, no doubt, most of the time by, by white-haired gentlemen. How do you find that? How do you cope with that? Because it is a, a hugely male-dominated environment you find yourselves in, in, in these committees. It's a new year, and we're we're looking ahead. Um, and you said unbelievable the the rise of, of women's rugby um, in the last thirty years. But you know, we, we've seen with England netball, we've seen with uh, the lionesses and the football and the cricket, whatever. That possibly those those sports going to take it on another level, which is surprising considering how successful the England women's rugby team has been. Um, what 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 does women's rugby need to do 
to get to that next level for you? Well, it would it would be lovely to get that that British Lionesses team set up. Um, you know, it was that was always a dream for us as, as players. It was way into the distance, you know. It, it, but it should still be there for the players now. I mean, just the fact that we've had the, the breakthrough that with the the Barbarians is it's wonderful, you know. And so many international teams are now, you know, taking it so seriously. And there's professional players in several countries and. It, I think we just need to keep growing, growing the, growing the game to, to mirror the men's game and to have the same teams um, that, the, that the men have. So I think the big, the next big step would be that the British Lionesses, um, and what an awesome opportunity that would be. And I don't mean the British Lionesses that we played in, which was a veterans team that used to go to Bermuda for a, for a jolly once a year. <laughs> I mean, it was great fun. And I wouldn't change anything for the, for the world, but we need a proper British Lionesses team next, I think, with, I think with you, the elite. Of, you've of got to Britain. put your hat in the ring to be the manager for that, Jill. Well, that's an open, and take, yeah, yeah, take your guitar, it's an open application, your stories. Well, if, if you insist, Bert, I would yeah. love to. And, and just tell me where to send me CV. All right, I'll <laughs> let you know. <laughs> If we can maybe have a look at Tyrrell's uh, Premier 15s and Waterloo, um, you know, obviously this is a big year in terms of um, top six automatically began back in, and then the bottom four will have to to reapply. I mean, is is there conversations around about this at the club? Um, have they started, or is it very much focused? Let's try and attempt to get into that top six still. I mean, where's it out? Yeah, well. You've constantly, it's a club like Waterloo, you know, you're, you know we're in the, the bottom, end, bottom end of the league and, and it is a struggle, it's a struggle on the pitch and, and constantly off the pitch you've got to aspire to, to make things better and that's what we continue to do really, you know, um, we're looking to add, add things that we've not had before, we're looking to, you know, have new partners, we're looking to, to move forward, I mean it's rugby league land up here and, and you know one of the problems we've had is that the, the women rugby players have been spread quite thinly between two codes that have historically worked against each other. This neck of the woods, really, we should work together because it would make both games stronger if we could do something, you know, something something together. So that's something that we need to look into and see if we can develop, you know, links with, with Rugby League. Um, there's also speculation, you know, about which teams will be in, which teams will be out, who will be in the, the bottom four. And that makes people choose to move to different clubs I just hope that once it's settled and once the team is selected uh, to, to play up in this neck of the woods all the elite women in the northwest will play at that club and we can start to compete a little bit more on the pitch because at the moment I think the northwest resources are spread a little bit thinly through a number of clubs um, because of speculation as to who will and who will not be around next next season and that's not from within the clubs that's people outside uh, you know, guessing what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, we're continually trying to improve. And there's lots of plans for, for next season, um, which will be changes um, and developments. And we want to make Waterloo an attractive club for girls to, girls to want to come and play us, uh, which perhaps hasn't been historically. We've, we've rested on our laurels, I think, for a couple of the first couple of seasons of, of the Tyrrells uh, this time. And... We didn't make it anything extra special. I think we're looking to, to make it something different and, and make it a place that, that women want to come and play at. Because it's hugely important geographically to have a team up that way, isn't it, Jill? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. There's got to be a team up in the northwest. yeah. 
and fingers crossed it's Waterloo, um, but the RFU have got to make that decision uh, based on all the information that they get from anybody who's who's applying for that for that position, and whoever ends up with it long term, I hope to goodness it's Furwood Waterloo, but if it's not, everybody in the North West has got to get behind whoever is selected. Um, and we've got to work together instead of working against each other, which is what unfortunately has been happening. Um, and it's something that we need to put right in this region. And we've got to get everybody to want to play for the elite team in the area. And I guess if you if you did, you know, whatever team it did get awarded to, you know, over the years, if you come together and join together, you're ultimately going to end up with a lot of very talented players and could end up having two teams in the north which would be brilliant for the for the game geographically yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah but uh, as i say what all we've got to do at our club i think is just to make it a bit more of an attractive offer than it has been historically and it's been getting better all the time in this season with like 3g training venues and we've got an indoor barn that the girls use and we've got a really good sort of professional setup with the, you know behind the scenes and it, it is improving all the time but i think we need something different for next year which should which is the plans that the, that the group are making um, to make it an even better op option for people to want to come to the northwest uh, or people to stay in the northwest, uh, which is what we—that's the problem we've always had, even from 30 years ago. You know, I think when I was playing, there was 12 internationals who were capped as Waterloo players. Were built, you know, were, were built in Waterloo and 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 made into the players that they, they, they developed into at Waterloo. Twelve players then moved down south to to further their rugby career and I got it. But I, I always felt why should that have to happen? It shouldn't have to happen anymore. And uh, we're not quite there yet but we're working on it. You are of course vice chair of the women's section. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a vice chair who unfortunately can't spend as much time with, with the women's section uh, as I'd like to because I'm currently Lancashire president, which is a tremendous privilege. Um, but this season means I'm out at all the Lancashire clubs on Saturdays and Sundays. So unfortunately, um, I only see the, the women's games on catch-up afterwards. Um, I've only been, only been to one game uh, live. Uh, that was the game just before Christmas. So... So I'm, I'm vice chair and I'm busy, but I'm not there hands on deck every week. And it's, it's a bit frustrating, but it's for a good reason. And so what, what are your predictions for this weekend then? New year, new start, got Bristol. Away. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I will use our director of rugby's uh, phrase when he says always be a threat. We will try to always be a threat. Um, I haven't been. I, I don't know what. I don't know what. Uh, who's down at training this week? But I'm always optimistic. And you know, from that very first game in the first year, when everybody thought Waterloo would be battered, and we we lost in the 13th minute of injury time to you good selves at, at, at Quinns, I think it was. Oh no, I think Quinns. I can't remember the first game. We lost in 13 minute minutes of injury time. Oh, it might have been uh, Saracens actually. Um, and that was when we were being quite threatening with unknown players at the time. So. We'll always be a threat. We'll always keep going. Um, I, I would hope for a, hope for an away win. Fingers crossed. Well, Jill, if they have anything like your your spirit and determination, then um, that, that they should do reasonably well at the weekend. Jill, we, we could talk. I could talk to you for hours uh, as ever. Um, unfortunately, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up there, and I'll see you at the next dinner. The uh, for an, for another selfie because I know you absolutely love your selfies. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, when you when you live on your own, you don't get any photographs of yourself unless you take them yourself. You see, Johnny, that's what it is. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. There's, there's an excuse. It's not self vanity or anything. No, no, fair enough. Yeah. Jill, lovely to speak to you. Um, lovely as to I said, speak to you about, yeah. Yeah. thank you so much, Jill. Thank you.
good luck, Beth. It's, it's, it's great seeing your work there at Quinn's. It's fantastic what's what's going on there. So, so keep up the great work. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks Cheers. so much. Thanks, Thanks, Johnny. All the best for 2020. And to you. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, lovely to have uh, Jill Burns, MBE, on the podcast. She just a delightful human being. She really is. Uh, got to know her quite well, as, as you do with a co-commentator when you're sat in a tiny, squidgy little box for hours on end together. Um, 2010 World Cup. She's just, just a lovely person. Every time I see her from then, two long-lost old friends, big hugs, loves a selfie at various dinners and what have you. She's just a lovely human being and one of those which even this podcast has to be thankful for because if people, players like her, individuals like her, characters like her didn't pave the way, then none of this would be happening. Yeah, she is a really special lady. And what she what reminds me the most about Jill is the fact that she's just so old school and she reminds me of a proper rugby club. You know, the old sing-song after game, she's there to welcome people, she's the last to say goodbye. And I think, you know, that's quite rare in the game now. And, and having somebody, you know, with all of her history and background, like you said, you know, ladies like, like Jill paved the way for us now, um, you know, it's an honour to have her on the pod and to have her just talking with us. But, yeah, she's just a true, true legend of women's rugby. And I know that word is thrown around quite a lot about people being legends. Overused, yep. Yeah, and, but she definitely deserves to have that title. Yeah, proper rugby royalty. Thank you so much, Jill, for, for coming on the pod. It would be a challenge to separate Jill and you in terms of the award for the most humble women's player of all time. Um, but anyway, let's get into some predictions. Oh, stop it, Johnny. Stop it. It's meant, though. It's early 2020. Yeah, honesty. <laughs> That's another 2020 goal, honesty. <laughs> not that I'm not normally honest, but I'm going to be brutally honest, so hold on to your hat. Um, let's get into predictions for, for the weekend. The TPs, Till Premier 15s, <coughs> is back. A couple of weeks before we get into Six Nations. Uh, so let's, let's touch on Jill's. Jill's side, Waterloo away at Bristol Bears. Yeah, as a you bit said. of a bit of a downward curve pre-Christmas. The Bears. Yeah, and I think as you said, you know, Six Nations is not far from from the players. So I think you know a lot of teams and individuals are going to want to impress this weekend. Bristol versus Waterloo, like you said, Bristol had a bit of a, a downward spiral, so they would have they'd be hunting after this win and they need it. Um, and I think there's just too much kind of. Um, Rugby now, rugby brains in Kim Oliver's side to not come out on top against um, Waterloo this weekend. Yeah, on paper, at home, yeah, you've got to go Bears, haven't you, really? Uh, live stream game, kick-off 2020. Uh, Worcester, doubleheader um, with the men, which is brilliant. Up against Richmond, that's eighth against ninth. Yeah, I think this is going to be quite a tight game, but I think you know Worcester are just on the rise and they've been improving week in, week out. And... For them, they rise to the occasion, so having the double header, um, and they've also got Lydia Thompson, who's an absolute weapon um, that can really destroy teams. So I think that I'm going to go Worcester this weekend. Are you going to answer your phone or <laughs> what? Fo- my second phone. This, this sounds like the bat phone, that doesn't it? <laughs> but we are in this hotel, and uh, clearly they're busy. Now the concierge, there he is. He's, he's answered the phone now. Um, let's move swiftly on to DMP, Darlington Bowden Park Sharks up against Wasps. 
Yeah, look, we know that DMP... That'd be, be tight one, that one. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, what's key is probably Harriet Miller-Mills is back for Wasps, which is a massive player um, for that side in terms of just go forward and um, ball-carrying ability um, and just having, you know, another back rower alongside Malloy to, to cause havoc is going to be key. So I think I think Wasps have, have the ability to, to do the job over DMP at the weekend. Then we get to the top four. Two juicy, really juicy encounters. Gloucester Heartbreak, led by uh, our friend Mo Hunt, up against you guys, Harlequins. Yeah, look, that's going to be a really tough game. Um, watching some of their games actually today coming in, they're a really physical side. They've got multiple threats across the pitch. Um, it's going to be a close one, uh, and it's always tough travelling. So, you know, we've got to put our best fit forward to, to come away with a win that week. And then Sowies at home to Loughborough Lightning, another fascinating contest. Yeah, this one's going to be real, um, a really good game. It's a shame that this not also being streamed because you know we know last time was uh, sorry Saracen stole it in the death um, against Loughborough, and the other thing is that there's some we talk about Six Nations. There's some pretty exciting matches up against each other. You've got Zoe Harrison against Katie Dave McLean and you've got Poppy Kill against Sarah Hunter. So some big contests. Um, a lot of players going to be wanting the England coaches to, to see them put their best foot forward. Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, look but on... I think Loughborough's going to take it. Yeah. Ooh, really? Yeah. Is that WRP hat on or Quinn's Jester hat on? No, WRP. Yeah, I think, I think they're... They've learned a lot over the last few months, and I think they've they've got the the players that can turn that those kind of lessons around into a positive. Wow! There we are, starting we are. 2020 with a big prediction. <laughs> big Come bang. on, Afra. don't let me uh, down. I'm going to go home, Tim. Okay. Just just to just be to cantankerous. Be um, what are we going to put a bet on it? We're not allowed to bet on rugby. Sorry. Like a sportsman's bet, like a cup of tea or something. No? Still betting. Understood. <laughs> Sportsman's bet it is. Good. That all from us this week. Uh, before we head off, all of us here at the WRP would like to just send all our best wishes to Worcester Warriors, Michael Fatialofa. Huge thanks to, to Jill and the producer Jez. On the WRP next week, we'll look back at the Tyrrells matches and look ahead to the next round of the World 7 Series in Hamilton, New Zealand. And one of our special guests will be my pineapple hair friend, Vicky Fleetwood. Hey, the pineapples will be in the house. Uh, Vicky will help us preview the action in Hamilton with just four weeks to go until we start the build-up to the Six Nations 2. Vicky will be looking at, at the form players of the Tyrrells Premier 15s and who she expects to make a huge impact on the international stage over the next few months. And remember, subscribe, steal your family and friends' phones, get them to subscribe, rate us, obviously only if it's five stars. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at... Pod Women's Rugby. And remember, whatever you're doing to support the women's game, wherever you are, keep it up. Until next time. <laughs>